Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Sunday, October the 30th, 2022. It is currently 3.05 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. I hope you're having a wonderful Sunday afternoon. I hope church was great. I hope church this evening is great because I know you're going back to church this evening, right? Yes, maybe. Please do. You're like, well, my church doesn't have an evening service. Well, then that's fine. At 6 p.m., tune in live to listen to me preach from Victory Baptist Church located in Ovalo, Texas, and we'll continue our discussion about law and gospel. See, see, so so you can go back to church this evening. But I know uh, some uh, sometimes whenever you turn on the microphone, you know you're talking to people who who some are having a great day, and you always know you're talking to some who aren't having a great day. However, where whatever situation you are in, I hope that at least this broadcast will bring about some kind of spiritual edification. Um, I always hope it would bring some kind of comfort, but whatever it can do, I hope that it will help in some way, shape, or form. I, I really do. But are you ready? It's Sunday. Now, I'm supposed to turn on the microphone on Sundays and say, welcome to a new week of Bible study, and then introduce a new week of Bible study. But this Sunday, I'm not going to do that. We're going to continue with the study we started last week, which was 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to return to that, and I'm really just going to give you maybe two, I'm really going to give you two assignments. So you're going to start this new week of study for the Bible study exercise with really two assignments, two pieces of homework, two assignments for your homework to work on. I, I may do a little bit of the teaching today, a little bit, but I'm going to try to resist and just try to uh, provide this to you because remember the Bible study exercise, the goal of this entire podcast series is to get you to study the Bible for yourself. I do some of it and the rest I kind of just hand to you and say, here you go. Uh, and, and and there's a possibility that maybe on Monday I'll come back and do some teaching on this, but uh, I, I think it's very interesting and I hope you find it to be interesting and beneficial as well. So are you ready? Second Timothy chapter three. Let's just go to verse one. I'm going to do a little bit of review and then we'll move to your homework assignments. Are you ready? Two homework assignments. Are you ready? Here we go. Second Timothy chapter three, verse one. This know also. As a Christian, there is something you need to know. As a Christian, there's something you need to understand. Specifically in the historical context, Paul was saying, telling Timothy, there is something you need to know. There's something you need to understand. That in the last days, perilous times shall come. Difficult, dangerous days are to come. Now, Paul was telling Timothy th that but it's also to us as well. Now, we could get into a big discussion where when are these perilous times going to come? When are they going to show up? And there's lots of discussions about this, right? Uh, some people say, well, the perilous times, or sometimes the phrase, the, the last days, we'll, 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 we'll discuss that. If you read, it says, uh, this, well, uh, this know that also in the last days, perilous times shall come. That phrase, the last days, there's much discussion about when these last days or these perilous times are going to be. Some take the phrase and really look to 
maybe even to our future, that, that the last days, the perilous times have not arrived yet. It's still future even for us. Others say, well, the phrase last days, it encompasses a long period of time, starting somewhere from the first coming of Christ all the way to his second coming. So the perilous times, these last days, we're in them now, and the perilous times will show up somewhere during that period of time. Right. What well, I can understand that. And again, some people may point to the future or, or, or point to a lot of times that the preaching, if you go back and listen to the history of preaching on Second Timothy 3, they'll say, well, those perilous times are right now. Their perilous times are right now. If we see that the perilous times connected with the last days really encompasses all the way from the first coming to the second coming, then really the perilous times is that just kind of a, a normal, is that, a, is, is that kind of a general description of the entire last days period? Really from the first coming all the way to the second coming? Some people say the last days really start after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Wherever you want to place it, is this perilous time simply a descriptor of the entire last days period? That throughout the last days, it will be perilous times. Starting, hey, that Timothy, for Timothy, for, for everyone, moving forward throughout church history, 300 AD, 400 AD, 500 AD, 600 AD, all the way to 2022, all of those days have been perilous times. Since the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Christ, it's been perilous times. It, 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 do we see it that way? I think that's something to think about. But here's the main thing I want you to focus on in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and this is the hypothesis I have put forward, and I stand by it, and I think I'm going to be able to, to maybe even defend my hypothesis a little bit more. My hypothesis is this. I've heard way too many sermons who take 2 Timothy chapter 3 and say, hey guys, the last days, perilous times shall come. And, and how do you know when the perilous times are come? You look to the culture. You look to what's going on in the world. You watch the news. You read the newspaper. You listen to podcasts about what's happening in the world. And then you talk about all the bad things happening in the world. What's going on in Hollywood? What's going on in politics? What's going on here? You're like, look, the perilous times are here. And I don't believe the perilous times is a description of what's going to be going on in the culture. The perilous times is a description of what will be happening in the church. Now, if we say perilous times is a description of the entire last day period, then in a roundabout way, 2 Timothy 3 has been des is describing really how the church has been through most of its history. Now, if you say, no, perilous times there is referring to a specific period within the last days, as we're getting closer and closer to the end of the last days, then these perilous times are going to come. People can argue all day about the, the timing of the perilous times, the, the time period the last days encompasses. People can debate that. But here's the thing that I, I, may, not be, I, tr I may not try to be so dogmatic about that, but what I will be dogmatic about is that the perilous times is not describing what will be going on in the world. It's describing what will be going on inside the church. Let me once again support my claim. Second Timothy chapter 3. 
This knows that this know that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Now to me right there, you know. Any any good Bible student would stop and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. The world, when has the world ever been lovers of God more than lovers of pleasure? So so how I don't look to the world, look to the world and go, oh no, oh no. All of a sudden they become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. That's that that describes the lost condition. The the unregenerate lost condition is, oh, we we love pleasure more than God. We don't care about God. But this is, so this is not describing the world. This is going to become what happens in the church, that the church is going to demonstrate that we're lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Now, again, if perilous times is a general description of the entire last day period, well, then guess what? In some ways, we have seen this show up within the church over and over and over and over and over and over. Within the church, guess what we have seen? Within the church, lo- we have seen men being lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. We have seen those things in the church for 2,000 years. Over and over and over and over. I know that goes against, no, no, this this is describing the bad world. No, this is describing the church made up of sinners. But maybe it is speaking of how bad the church is. So either you believe this is a general description of the church throughout church history, and there is a lot of truth to that. And maybe you believe it's that, and it's talking about a specific time period in the last days. That will come. That will be so bad. Now, if it if it's something still future, then 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 Paul's advice to Timothy really wasn't for Timothy. It was more for us. But if it really describes that entire period of time, then it has an application for Timothy, and it has an application for us as believers. What we should expect in the church is some serious sin and some serious problems. And then it continues to make it very clear it's not talking about the world having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. The church at times throughout church history has had a form of godliness, but but denying the power therein, that this has described Christianity in so many different stages in church history, and you could argue it, it describes it at, at, at different times for, for all of us, that there that we have a form of godliness, but there's something missing. We put on a, a show of self-righteousness, but there's something missing, all right? And then look at verse 6, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lust. So th- th- then again, this to me paints the picture of the church. These are people in the church, and then they sneak into these homes and lead away, as it says, uh, silly women. It's going to lead away gullible, easily manipulated women. That's the way it's describing it. But they're going to be coming from within the church. Second Timothy three seven, 
ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Again, I think that's referring, this is how, what the church is going to look like. Learning, maybe a lots of learning, but missing the truth. And then look at 2 Timothy 3.8. 2 Timothy 3.8 is your homework, starting today into this new week of Bible study. Now, as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. In other words, you're going to have widespread heresy, apostasy inside the church. Now, it's always been there. I mean, throughout church history, apostasy has been inside the church. There's no question about it. So in one sense, this is a general description of the entire last day period, but I think it has a specific connotation for a specific time where the church is going to become more and more and more and more and more and more and more apostate, and the the church is going to become more and more ungodly, more and more sinful, more and more corrupt. I I think both concepts are at work here, but here is your homework. Janus and Jambres. Janus and Jambres. I want you to spend some time this week. Who are these two individuals? What do we know about Janus and Jambres? Now, first, you can just try to look them up in a concordance, Janus and Jambres, and see how many other places they're mentioned. That should not take long. I'm giving you a hint. All right. Then you may have to look in a Bible dictionary. Janus and Jambres. Are there uh, entries for these two? Uh, you can also use commentaries about Janus, uh, about Second Timothy and see what they have to say about Janus and Jambres. And try to just write out here. All I want you to do is just write out basically a summary paragraph describing who, who are these individuals, or should I say, describing all the theories about who these individuals are. And I want you to ask you when you, when you look at Janus and Jambres, Janice and Jambres, if I'm saying their names correctly, are these people like outside of the people of God? They are, in a sense, the world. They're, they're not connected or somehow they are within the people of God. Who are these Janice and Jambres? Who are these two individuals? According to at least theories, you're not going to make, you may not be able to be dogmatic, but just see if there's an agreement on the theories. So look, look, look up their names in a concordance, see if they show up in the Bible. Look up in the Bible dictionary, look in commentaries, and then I just want you, and you can look on the internet. There are articles about Janice and Jambres. And what I just want you to do is just write a paragraph, just simply summarizing, like basically what is the theory about them? But primarily I want you to ask yourself, okay, are these like people in the world or people coming inside the church per se, or right there within the people of God? And if they're connected to the people of God, that's another piece of evidence that supports my hypothesis that 2 Timothy 3, when describing the perilous times, last days, perilous times, it's describing the condition of the church. It's describing the condition of the church. And I think 2 Timothy 4 backs that up, right? Because what does Paul tell Timothy? Hey, when this happens, you preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season, but be prepared. Those in the church are not going to want sound doctrine, and they're going to go find uh, uh, teachers in a sense that will that will you know tickle and scratch their itching ear kind of concept. That that's what's going to happen. But you keep preaching the word. 
The point is that even inside the church, they're not going to want to hear the word of God preached. You maintain fidelity to the scriptures and you keep preaching them. So Janus and Jambres, who are these two individuals? I'm not going to say. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you the theories. I will, I will tell you this. You may have to go to some uh, writings within Judaism to get some idea of who these two individuals are. Right? Maybe. And there are some scriptures where people think that, oh, oh, that they may not be named. But there's some scriptures in the Old Testament going, that's, that's Janus and Jampers right there. That's, that's, that's them right there. That's them right there. I, I, I'm hoping I'm getting you. See, what I'm trying to do is get you to get up off the couch and start studying. So figure that out, all right? But here's the key. Here's what I really want you to focus on. I want you to look at Janus and Jampers, but, here, but here's the next part of your homework, all right? Are you ready? So you're going to figure out who Janus and Jampers is. Again, write out just a paragraph summarizing who they are. But notice this. Whoever they are, they withstood Moses. So do these also resist the truth. I want you to write down Genesis and Jambres. Who are they? And then I want you to write down the phrase, resist the truth. Resist the truth. The church, those within the church are going to resist the truth. Those within the church, in fact, I find it interesting. Look at what happens. Uh, look in verse 7. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Within the church, there may be a lot of activity. There may be a lot of learning, but they're not going to find the knowledge of the truth. They're going to have knowledge, but not the knowledge of the truth. They're going to grow in understanding, but not to the truth. This is going to happen within the church. And then, not only are they going to learn and not know the truth, they will resist the truth. Resist the truth. I want you to look up the, the, the Greek word there for resist. If you, let's see, if I'm going to go back to the interlinear here, I'm going to go back to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to go back to our key verse here. Verse 8, Janus and Jambres, all right, withstood Moses, so do these these people within the church, this is how, what the church is going to look like. They resist the truth. If you go to the interlinear, you'll know, uh, see here, if I can find it, do resist. Do resist is the phrase, and it's this Greek word. It's this Greek word. Strong's G436, anthistemi. 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 Anthistemi, and I want to say anthistemi, anthistemi is how I would probably say it, and on anthistemi, I have to really slow down to say it correctly, anthistemi, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm messing that Greek word all up, let's listen to that, if, see, if I look at the Greek word, I say it the incorrect way, I have to not look at it, okay, here we go. Strong's G436, anthistemi, anthistemi. On this day, me. On this day, me. I really want to stress that on this day, me. On this day, me. On this day, me. I really want to stress that on this day, me. You say, why? Because it's the only way I can remember it. On this day, me. On this day, me. All right. So just remember, it's not important if you remember the Greek word, but it's always fun. On this day, me. 
But I want you to consider the meaning of the Greek word, all right? This day is used 14 times, all right? It means to resist. It means to withstand. The Strong's definition is to stand against, to oppose, to resist, to withstand. It's the idea of standing against it. Within the church, there will be, in the perilous times, again, a general description, there's always been those within the church who have who have always learning but never come to the knowledge of the truth. And there's always been in the church those who stand against, who oppose the truth. On this, Tammy, there's always those who've, who've been like that. But if we also understand the perilous times to be something that's going to get worse and worse and worse, on this, Tammy, it's going to become more and more the character of those inside the church. They're going to stand against. They're going to resist the truth of God's word. And then notice what's going to happen. Second Timothy chapter four, I charge thee before, uh, I charge, uh, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And this they may, and this they may, they're not going to, they're, they're not, I'm not saying the same Greek word is there, but the same concept is there. They're going to stand against it. They're not going to endure it. They're not going to want it. They're, they're going to go somewhere else. This is what's going to happen to the church during these perilous times. Again, a general description from, say, the, the ascension of Christ all the way to the second coming. You can go all the way to the first coming, to the second coming, that time period. It is a general description. The perilous times really cover all of that. But I think it's also specifically pointing us to an end-time apostasy where the church is going to be, man, everyone in this church is anthistemi. me. They stand against, they withstand the truth. They, they, they're learned, but they won't understand the truth. That's going to be what's going to happen. And, and as... Christians, we're going to have to cling to the word of God. We're going to have to hold on to it because that's what Paul tells Timothy to do. Hold on to the word of God. The church may fall completely apart. You have to hold to the scriptures. Christianity, as far as, you know, this corporate kind of Christianity, this, this Christianity all around us, it may fall apart. We have to hold on to the word of God. But I want you, so I want you to consider who Janice and Jambres is. But I want you to work on who Janus and Jambres is. And then I want you to do a little work on anthistemi. I want you to work on this Greek word. All right? And here's what I want you to do. It's used 14 times. I want you to look at every place where anthistemi is used. I want you to look at it carefully and just see if you gain any insight on, on this Greek word. Just one, it's fun to say. Anthistemi, it's fun to say. But I just want you to see where it shows up. And I'm going to just, I'm, I'm going to, I'll give you all the references to save you time. Are you ready? Here we go. And this day may shows up in Matthew 5, 39. All right. And this day may, and this is about not re- resist, not evil. When it comes to evil, do not, and this day may against it. Right. Which just wait, what, what does that mean? You'll have to look at it. Matthew 5, 39. Luke 21, 15. All right. I, I won't tell you what happens there. Luke 21, 15. Next, Acts chapter 6, verse 10. 
Luke 21, 15, Acts 6, 10. Next, Acts 13, 8. Right? You can have a sorcerer showing up in Acts 13, 8. And this they may, it, and sometimes it's translated resist. Uh, sometimes it's translated withstood. Then uh, Romans 9.19. Romans 9.19, it's translated resisted. Romans 13.2, resisteth. Resisteth, and then resist. It's used twice in Romans 13.2. What, what are we, what should we not be resisting? What should we not be, and this day me, against? Everyone seems to forget, forget, forgotten that one in the pandemic, but that's a whole different story. Galatians 2.11. Uh-oh, Peter and Paul. We got a problem. Peter and Paul, Galatians 2.11. Next, Ephesians 6.13. You got to withstand in the evil day. You got to antisteme against the evil day. 2 Timothy 3.8, we've looked at it. Jambres withstood. Oh, that's, and that's, oh, I just gave it away. I was going to, I was hoping so. I was going to wait till someone caught this and I just, ah, see, I robbed you of the opportunity. When it says Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, that's an uh, anthistome. It's the same Greek word. Anthistome, it's the same Greek word. It's used uh, withstood and then they also resist. Just as Jambres withstood Moses, Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, anthistome, these, that, that's the same attitude that's going to be within the church. 2 Timothy 4.15. 2 Timothy 4.15. Next, James 4.7. And next, 1 Peter 5.9. 1 Peter 5.9. So your homework is simple. Genesis and Jembris. Just... Who are they? Who were they? And specifically look at inside, in a sense, inside related to the people of God or outside of the, the people of God. Janus and Jembris, because if they're connected to the people of God, then that, that helps us with my hypothesis that 2 Timothy 3 is about the church, not the culture. All right? Then, I want you, the, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, it's used twice. All right? So I'm going to go, since I've already given it away, withstood and resist the truth, withstood and resist the truth, right? And remember that Greek word is this, all right? It is this, if I can find it in the interlinear, it is this Greek word. And this, stay me, it's this. Strong's G436, on this day me, on this day me. I know. They say on this to me, and I say and this to me. All right. So another difference in the way. But I'm from Texas, all right? So on this day me, and this day me. All right. On this day me. All right. You get the idea. All right. I want you to know that Greek word. All right. Okay. I, I'm almost waiting for questions. I'm almost waiting for questions. But I'm just trying to make sure if anyone's listening live, I'm like, can you repeat my assignments? Janus and Jambres, who are they? Specifically focused on, are they in, connected to the people of God or outside the people of God? And then on, on this tame or and this tame, 
Makes me mad that I was saying it incorrectly, but that's okay. I want you to look at that. I want you to really understand what it means to withstood, to withstand, they are to resist, or as they withstood Moses, Janice and Jembris did. I want you to understand what that is. And then I want you to just contemplate in what ways. Since, since this is an attitude that's going to come into the church, perilous times, especially if we think there's a future application to this as the church gets worse and worse and worse. In what ways do you resist the truth? And what ways do you withstand against the truth? What way do you stand against it? In what ways have you withstood the truth? In what ways have you resisted truth? I think typically when we withstand the truth, we, we convince ourselves that we're standing for what's right. But in many cases... We're literally withstanding against the truth, convincing ourselves that we're not. Taking a drink of water. All right, there you have it. On this tay me. <laughs> not and this tay me. But and this tay me. I, I don't want to say and, but on this tay me. There you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm making sure you have it all written down. Okay. If you need any help, need any assistance, please. And you say, how long do I have to work on these two assignments? You, you probably need to have them done by tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Now, yeah, we won't be spending a lot of time on this this week because we'll be moving on to other things, but it shouldn't take you long. The looking up Janice and Jambres should not take you very long to write out that little paragraph, basically given the theories of what you found and how they're related to the people of God. And then at this day, me, I've already given you all the scriptures to look up. You just look them up, get a good idea of exactly what it's saying, and then just basically consider how and what ways have you withstood, uh, withstood against the truth. How you, you, you've stood against it. You, you withstood the truth to its face, per se. How have you resisted the truth in your own life? You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on the air at 6 p.m. as we continue our discussion on law and gospel. Law and gospel and a proper distinction. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.